Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. Well, today is Mother's Day. We do want to celebrate mothers. Uh, We did have out in the foyer, if you did not see, we had coffee and muffins. And you might be wondering, like, why did we have so many muffins? Because as we were thinking about having mothers or muffins for mothers, uh, we kind of realized that mothers would end up giving their muffins away. Um, That's what mothers do. Their little children would be coming up to them. So we decided, let's give out enough muffins so that everyone can be having muffins today. So please, after church, if you did not get a muffin, we've got many muffins out there. You need to eat the muffins. Okay, so mothers, take muffins and give them to your children and to your husbands. And then take one for yourself today. Well, on this Mother's Day, um, I would like to be talking about uh, something that I have been feeling when it comes to mothers and to women in our culture. Uh, Over the last 150 years, you may not recognize this or know this, but women in our Western world, when I say Western world, I mean Europe and America, have made some tremendous progress in the last 150 years. Uh, Women have gotten the the right to vote. Uh, Women can work these days. I don't know if you know that. Maybe this might be something new to you. Uh, Women have many opportunities in the world today that 150 years ago were not there. And it's still a little bit unique to the Western world as well. But as countries become developed, women have got more opportunities. But we live in such a unique time that it's funny that in 2023, I personally, I do feel bad for what has happened to women within our society. In 2023, women have degraded women to no more than makeup, a dress, heels, and a handbag. And you might be saying, well, Pastor, that seems a little bit extreme, but guys, look around to the culture that we live in. The culture that we live in basically says a woman is a person who puts on a dress, who puts on some makeup, who gets their heels out and grabs a handbag, and that is what a woman is these days. And culture has even tried to convince me that I might be a woman because I really enjoy Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, That's kind of like a sign. Uh, I enjoy a nice scented candle every once in a while, Um, maybe like a balsam that's more like, you know, more like woodsy here. I'm not going to lie, sometimes in the fall, I will order a pumpkin spice latte. Um, The world we live in would like for me to maybe contemplate and think, Jeff, maybe you are a woman. And it's crazy at the times that we live in because anyone can get dolled up and call themselves a woman in our world. Uh, Then you can compete within women's sports. Um, Not only compete in them, you can absolutely dominate in them. And everyone around you has to celebrate you, has to call you a woman, has to participate in what I would call a charade that is taking place within our culture. And I share this on this Mother's Day because I have been feeling bad and convicted for women in our world. And... So on this Mother's Day, I would like to answer a question that no one can answer. What 
is a woman. Now, those of you who have been up on the cultural times, you might have heard of a guy by the name of Matt Walsh, has done a documentary out there called What is a Woman? Matt Walsh interviews, um, he uh, interviews gender studies majors, he actually goes to women marches, and he's there, he's at, he's at a women's march, and he says, I want to know what a woman is. And it's interesting that throughout this entire documentary, in the culture that we live in, no one can define it. They just say, a woman is a woman. And only women know what a woman is. And he, he, he actually interviews um, professors, doctors. One doctor on there is a, a transitional specialist that transitions children, uh, male children, into what they would call a woman or into a female. And church, the world that we live in is absolutely afraid to answer this question. You might be, be sitting there thinking, well, whoa, Pastor, this seems very controversial. Why would you bring this up on Mother's Day? And some of you might want to hang me at some point if you have some sort of internal feeling like how dare the pastor even speak on this subject. But it is Mother's Day, and the world that we live in is so afraid to answer this question because if they answer it, because if they answer it, they end up stating facts about biology. And the world you and I live in cannot live in facts, cannot live in this idea that there are differences between men and women. They like to make you believe and to think that there is a spectrum out there, that biology and your sexual identity are actually separate in the world that we live in. So they say that, you know, men can become women and women can become men, and we live in this culture that has become so confused but really, they're really not confused. They just know that they can't answer it because if they do, they would be stating realities. And if you state biological realities in this world, they're going to hang you for it. And they're going to try to cancel you. And they're going to try to come after you. And they're going to say, how dare you even bring this one up? Well, I want to give you a brief history. I have to give you a brief history on why and where all of this stuff comes from. Because if you are like me, I was born in 1982. I grew up in a time where it was boys and, boys and girls, and you had boys' rooms and girls' rooms, and it was all very simple back in the 80s. We had girls' sports and boys' sports. But long before the 80s, in the 1960s, I want to bring your attention to the guy that founded this entire identity crisis that we live in. His name is John Money. If you've never researched him, if you've never read anything about him, he is a very fascinating figure because in the 60s, he came up with this theory and this thought that, that um, gender in this world, male and female, is only a social construct. Meaning, the reason why we have males and the reason why we have females is because of the society that we live in. You know, we would raise girls with pink toys and Barbie dolls, and that's why they would grow up to wear dresses. And if you raise boys with army trucks and G.I. Joes, and that's why they become boys. So he had this theory in the 60s. Now, this goes way back, um, but he had this theory that if gender is just basically on a social spectrum, and it's basically because of our society as a whole, um, you could raise a biological male as a female, and they would be a female. They would grow up, and they would grow up to be a woman. Well, he had his chance and had this opportunity. There was twin boys in the 1960s um, that had some disorder 
with their man private parts, and uh, one of them had a botched circumcision, and the parents had no idea what to do. My young boy has been basically castrated. What do we do? Well, they came across this guy by the name of John Money, and John Money convinced them that if you raise little Billy as a girl, he will be a girl. All you have to do is put dresses on him and call him and change his name. And this all took place under the age of two. So they started raising him as a girl. And John Money started documenting this. And he started meeting with them once a year and seeing how are they doing. His theory was you could just raise them and it would turn out fine. So John Money started writing. And John Money worked at John Hopkins. So this guy was a high-up doctor in his field. So he wrote article after article after article that everything's fine. Little Billy is being raised as a girl, and for all biological standards, he is a girl. And he said this, and he wrote, and the scientific community took it as the gold standard. But this entire time, he would meet with them once a year and check in on them. The horrible part is that he was um, abusing the two boys in an inappropriate manner. And the boy that was trying to be raised as a girl, uh, by the age of 14, had completely re rejected this idea that he was a female. And um, all of John Money's writings that went into the scientific community became the gold standard in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and paved the way for the world that you and I currently live in. And the story ends tragically. Uh, the one brother died of a drug overdose, and the person that they tried to raise as a girl who grew up and rejected it ended up committing suicide in his late 50s. And he even did interviews. If you watch Dateline in the 1990s, they actually talked about this stuff, but it ended horrifically. But guys, the culture mark had been in place. Gender is fluid. Gender is a spectrum. Don't worry about males and females because we're all just one thing and don't worry about it. Well, I share that with you because I feel like as we look to God's word, I think God's word has something to say. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 2 and please stand as we read and as we try to answer this simple question today. Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 18, the Bible says this. Then the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock, to the birds of the, of the heavens and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept out of his ribs, and, close, and closed up its place with, with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this, is, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman 
because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Let me pray. Father, Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you for the truth that lies within your word. Father, help us, your, your church, to be a light in this dark place. Help us to, help us to know you. Father, I pray, Lord, that as we look to your word, that you would speak to us now. I pray this now in Christ's name. Amen. You guys may be seated. I am not going to lie to you guys today. The reason, uh, I shouldn't say reason, I'm extremely nervous about this topic, okay? Um, If you have not noticed this, um, I usually don't get too nervous when I come to preaching, but I realize I'm taking on a topic that is extremely controversial, that is extremely within the culture that we live in, but I think it's so vital for us to be tackling this question because, like I said, the world we live in cannot answer this question. And as we look to Genesis chapter 2, if, if you don't know much about Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2 gives us a little bit more details than in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 is, is how the Lord had created the earth and how, how he had created all things. But in Genesis chapter 2, we get a little bit more detail on this idea of men and women and what he has to say here. He gives us this account, and right away, the Lord had created Adam, but Scripture says it's not good for man to be alone. In Genesis 2.18, Then the Lord said it's not good for man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Uh, In the Woodward household, my wife reminds me quite often that uh, I am in need of a helper. Um, you guys may not know this about me. Uh, I need a lot of help at any given point in time in my day. Uh, and my wife reminds me quite often, she goes, Jeff, you, you are in need of a helper. And she's basically trying to make it clear that she will be the helper. But that is what Scripture says. She won't even look up at me at this time. I don't know what's going on. Am I right, though? She says, oh yeah, oh yeah, I am in need of help. And it says here that man needs a helper. And the woman, if you do not recognize this, men, or I should say women, man needs you. That man was created, it wasn't good for man to be alone, that men were in need of help. Now, I know we've got some manly men here, and there are some men here that are like, I don't need any help. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm not going to live by that. I'm a man. You know, I can take care of myself. But the reality is, is that men and women need each other. And I don't want to just look at it in the sense of helper, as in like some sort of uh, subservant there, but it's this idea that men and women complement each other. I don't want to make this all about biology today, because um, I'm no biologist by any means, but do you guys remember or know what the first commandment was to men and women in Genesis chapter 1? Some of you might be thinking, I don't know what's going on here, Pastor. Like, what are you talking about? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. So, in Genesis 1, 26 through 27, it says these words. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. 
after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Right away, God has kind of a little bit of a job, but he says, man, men and women, you have dominion over all the things of the earth. Now, even that is now like controversial these days because, because, because our society teaches us that trees are equal to man and, you know, and, that, and that goldfish have the same rights as a human does. And we, we live in such confusing time here, but I just, the Bible is setting up the structure on how mankind is. And right away, it says, men and women, you are going to have a job to do and it's going to be to care for the world that we live in. And I do think that that is important, that we should care for the animals and for the earth we live in. But look at verse 28. It says, And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He says these words, Be fruitful and multiply. Now, I'm not going into the birds and bees, okay? I'm not, not, not going down that road. But how can mankind be fruitful and multiply? There's only one way. It's for men and women. Um, like what I said, man was in need of a helper. In order to accomplish this task, how was this going to happen? A woman was going to have to be created to help him accomplish this task. Now, like what I said, I'm not, I'm not going to explain anything else, okay? The birds and the bees, you can talk to, you know, kids and everything about that. But we need each other to accomplish this very basic task of being fruitful and multiplying in the earth, okay? We need different parts to make this happen. We bring different tools to the table. And I share this because... Guys, it is so crazy that the world we live in wants us to believe and to think that there's no difference between us. That, you know, men can be women and women can be men and that there's, it's all equal and they're all the exact same. But when you look at Scripture from the very beginning, it's this idea that men and women actually need each other in order to fulfill what the Lord has called us to. Now, I'm not saying... We only have one job and that, you know, women, you have one job, to bear children. I'm not saying that, okay? Don't, don't, don't hang me today, okay? I realize I, I, one of my biggest prayers was not to come off as the sexist pastor that wants to just convince women that you have one job. It's to be fruitful and multiply, and that's why you were created, and you are the, the helper. And if you're not doing that, every nine months, there's something wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying from the very beginning, God makes it clear there's differences, these, and these differences complement each other. And on Mother's Day, we should be celebrating mothers. And guess what? Only women, biological women, that the Lord has created can be mothers. And actually, Mother's Day stems out of this idea that, that this, uh, I was reading some sort of article, it was like 120 years ago, where, where that's where like Mother's Day kind of started, where they realized, hey, being a mom is like a really big deal. Like, I mean, the sacrifice it takes for a woman to have a child. We should be celebrating that. We should be, like, honoring that. Because I've never done it. I can't do it. But I saw my wife go through it a few times. I saw her raise children and nurse children, take care 
of our kids. And I'm not saying I wasn't taking care of them, but she was doing the majority of it. And we should be celebrating the fact that it is an unbelievable, it's a miracle. It's one of the most amazing things on this side of heaven. And that's why we celebrate Mother's Day. And I just want to just make one quick little side note. I know some people struggle with Mother's Day and Father's Day because maybe you didn't have a good mother. Maybe your mother wasn't always there for you. Maybe your mother had no idea what she was doing, which she probably didn't because most of us have no idea. When you have a child, if you've never had a child, bring home a child. It's, I still find it to be absolutely amazing that you go to the hospital and like two days later, they're like, here's a life. Good luck. There's no like instruction manual, but we should be honoring our mothers even, even if you had a bad mother. Buy her flowers today. Send her a card. Well, you can't send her a card. It's too late. It won't get there till Wednesday. You missed the boat on that one. But we should honor our mothers because there is a tremendous sacrifice that they make for children. Tremendous. And I know men make a sacrifice too, but I think the woman's job is far greater and far more, more difficult than us men. Anyways, turn with me back to Genesis 127. I want to point out one other thing here. It says, in Genesis 127, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Men and women are different. Men and women need each other. But there's this other aspect that I've been actually been thinking a lot on this past week as I've been thinking about the, this question. Women are image bearers of the Lord. Women, if you do not know this, you were created in the image of God. That God created you in his image. He created us male and female, different aspects, complementary aspects. But you are called to reflect the Lord in your life. Now, when I think about this re reflection, this thought came to my mind is, you know how in our, in our cu culture and country, we will uh, put, up, put up statues to remember people? Um, a great one is the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. If you've ever been there, we've got Abe. And it's to re remember our 16th president. We put up this image to remember what, what Abraham Lincoln did for this country. But when it comes to us, I think in the same aspect, that the Lord created man to be image bearers, to be a reflection of who the Lord is. And he distincts them here. He, he says he created them both male and female meaning we're going to be bringing different aspects to the table, but overall the goal and the calling upon us is to be image bearers of the Lord. Women, you have that job. That job overall is to show the world our creator, who he is, what he has done for us to reflect him. And it breaks my heart that the world we live in has gotten so confused by this. The Lord God created us, church, men and women, to be complementary of each other. He has. 
He, he created us different. You are different. Men and women, we have a lot of, of, uh, of uh, similarities, but we've got a lot of differences. And for whatever reason, the world's like, we can't have those. And to me, it's like, as I look at the creation account, as I look at what God says, it's like, it's like we should be celebrating these differences. It's like God made these differences for a reason. You can't just throw them out and think, wow, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. And, you know, how dare you possibly say that there are differences? We are created differently. Plain and simple. And we have to just understand that. And I think also just accept that. And, and honestly, all of these, of these voices about how, well, you know, you can't say that these days. Now, I'm going to speak of one more word today. There's a word that's used often for women in the New Testament that I want to dive into. So I've already dug a grave for myself today. I've jumped into the grave. Now I want to bury myself into the grave. You guys are all going to walk away thinking, I'm never coming back to this church. This church is terrible. The pastor's crazy. I can't believe he would even talk about this. But there's a word that's used so often in the New Testament that speaks about women. Now, you have to also understand within the New Testament, when God speaks about people, he doesn't speak on the individual level. Now, you and I live in America where individualism is like the top priority within our culture. That we just, we love the idea of being independently free. We have bought into this idea that like, hey, it's all about us having individual freedoms and individual independence. In biblical times, it never speaks on that. It speaks more within structures. Speaks more within families. Speaks more within societal structures, within work structures, within children and parent structures. Uh, husbands and wives structures. That's how the Bible speaks to us. And in the New Testament, there is this word, and honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm even getting nervous even saying this word, but this word, when it talks about women, it's this word, submission. Please don't hang me, okay? Please. This word in our culture right now is like, you can't even say this word, Jeff. Don't even, don't even mention this word, and I totally get it, because there's so much derogatory that comes with that word. There, there is so much, um, I would say, misunderstanding, but so many people believe that if someone is submitting, then that means someone's lording. Meaning, meaning if there is a submission going on, if there is this idea that someone is, then that means someone is not doing a good job lording over them. Well, look at Colossians 3.18. It says this. It says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should, should submit in everything to their husbands. Submission has a lot to do with this structural, structural authority that the Lord has set up. Recognizing this, that men, you're called to lead. You're called to go before. Now men need a helper. And that's why the Lord created women. And it's there to complement the men. 
But I think this word has become so difficult in our world over the last, you could almost say 60 years. See, when you see a submissive woman where her, her character is one that puts others first, one that lives out the definition of this, which biblically it says to accept, to yield to a superior force or a stronger person, you will see with her a man that lives out his role. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, what's your role? Men, what's your role? Love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He gives himself up for her. When men sacrifice their lives, when men willingly lay down their lives, women can easily say yes to their role. But because of sin, church, in the last several years we've been so confused on these different roles. And we have painted these roles so negatively, so negatively within our culture that, that, that you might even just have emotions and feelings right now like, don't even mention these words because the world that we live in has, has just painted it in such a way that, well, women don't have to submit. They're not created to, to do that. And I think that that comes out of because we have had bad men. And they have recognized that. And, and guys, we know that. There are bad men, okay, that are saying, well, I'm in charge. I get to do whatever I want. I get to just, I get to just do what I want to do. I'm the leader. That's what the Bible says. I'm in charge. And then they lord it over, okay? That's not a man. Because when you read this scripture, it makes it very, very clear. Like, women's job is to come, support, submit to their husbands. But, but, but men's job sacrifice, as Christ did for the church. What does that look like? It means laying down a life. It means saying, everything I have, honey, I'll lay it down for you. He says, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now go back and read the Gospels and how did Jesus love the church? He did everything for her. Everything. Literally. He went to the cross for the church. And what I think what happens, church, within our society and within our culture is when we don't do these roles properly, confusion comes. When we don't live this out properly, men, when you don't live out a sacrificial life for women, I would say first to, to your wives, but also to every other woman that you come in contact with, that you're willing to sacrifice you see someone broke down, you're willing to, what can I do? Yep, I got a busy life, what can I do? I'm going to live sacrificially. I'm going to lay down my life for you. Because God, because God calls me, and I would say first to love our wives. But also men, you have a job to do. And I would say that is to, to sacrifice for women. To lay down your life for them at all times, in all circumstances. And I, I believe that when that takes place, a woman would love to follow you. They would. But they won't. If, it's, it's like 
it's like we are living in this paradigm where it's like we have convinced people that nobody has to submit to anyone, and, and, yet, and yet, well, then men don't really have to love and nourish and cherish and honor women is what Scripture says. And, and then, guys, what happens is this confusion. I'm telling you, all of this gender stuff that, that we are facing, if you've got a kid in school right now, if, if you might be coming here saying, Pastor, I've never even heard of any of this stuff going on. I'm telling you, it's at the doorstep right now. Our society is confused by gender, and they have been, they have been pushing their ideology that is straight from just insanity. But I would say, church, it's, it's when God's people live out their roles. When God's people live how Scripture teaches us to live. And like I said, God always forms it in the form of a family. He speaks within the family structure. When there are healthy families, guess what? Healthy societies. I don't think that there's any reason on why, when you look at all of the breakdown of our family from the 1960s, specifically when you look at the 1960s, and it doesn't matter what race, what culture, in the Western world, as the family breaks apart, society becomes chaotic, and problems come. And we wonder why, uh, if, if some of these current statistics are right, we, we wonder why we have little children that are confused by their identity, that they don't know whether they're male or female. I'm telling you, you can jump back 50 years and see the breakdown after breakdown after breakdown of the family unit, the family structure, and this is what we are left with. And it breaks my heart. Now, I get it. Sin is in this world, church. I get it. Families sometimes do fall apart. It happens. It's heartbreaking. But as you look at this world, it's like you can almost link all of these problems to the family. And if we, the church, God's people, would live out what God has called us to. Men, look at your wives and realize that you need them. It's not good for you to be alone. It's not. You get a bunch of men who are alone, comes all sorts of problems. They end up going out and destroying things. I don't know. I'm just thinking of like when I was like a boy and like a kid and you get like a bunch of 10-year-old boys like together, you know like what's going to happen. Like windows are going to get broken. Like things are just going to like fall apart. They're going to be like, let's ride our bikes off the cliff and just see what happens. They need a woman to say, I think that might be a bad idea. You should probably think about this. But guys, like we truly, we were created to be different, but we are complementary, and we actually need one another. And this whole garbage that, like, well, you can just become anything, it's like, I'm not going to live in this fantasy that you want me to live in. It doesn't matter how, much, how many operations somebody has to try to change their gender. It doesn't change you. Like, to the core, they've even, they've even I mean, you know, they've, they've even, like, said this. If you would bury a body today and then dig it up 200 years from now, they would know what gender it is, right? It's like, to the core of our bone density, to the core of our cells and our XYs and our chromosomes, like, everything to the core, it's like, you're different. But yet, we need each other. We really, actually need each other. Men need women. Women need men. That's how the Lord created us. He did not create us to be alone. 
He created us to be together. And the most amazing thing in this church is that we complement each other. We truly do. We should value the different strengths that we bring to the table. And our society doesn't. They just, they just, they, they, they just want to kick those things aside and be like, wow, there's just no differences. And it's like, I understand this whole mindset of the patriarchy and how men have been so bad over the years. And it's like, well, yeah, they have been, but that doesn't justify where we are today. And I want to just encourage you, church family, one of the greatest things you can do is I, 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 I seriously believe this, is to honor one another's differences. Don't look at them as like, well, you know, this is just, you know, her differences are, well, I don't even like those and his differences. But to actually honor them and to actually understand we are created different, but guess what? At the end of the day, if you are married right now, you need each other. It's how the Lord made it. And sure, there might be fights and you might have fought coming to church today and there might be arguments later on, but the reality is, is men and women, you need each other, okay? You need each other. And it's okay because this is the Lord's plan. And then the Lord calls us on how to live this out. Church, that's, that's our calling. That's our job. We do fall short. Sin does come in. Things fall apart. Things, things are sometimes broken. But that doesn't take away from what God has called us to. So I want to encourage you. I hope that I answered this question today. And I want to pray for us today. If you would please stand, and I'd like to invite the worship team up to lead us in our last song. Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you created us different. Father, that you created male and female. Lord, help us as your church, as your people, to live this out in our lives. Father, help us not to buy into the culture, but Father, help us to be a light. You've called your church and your people to be loving, to be caring, to be kind. Father, you have called us to serve those who will not serve us. Father, help us to be a light to this world. Help our families to be a light. Help us to raise our children well, to honor our spouses well, and to love you above all. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for for the mothers that sacrifice for their children. Father, I praise you. Lord, speak to us as we worship you one last time. In Jesus' name, amen.